Thanks for joining us today, as today we're going to talk about an unbelievable night in Boston sports. It doesn't get any better than this for Boston sports fans, as the uh, Boston Red Sox defeated the Houston Astros 7-5 to to even up their American League Championship Series at 1 before heading to Houston for Game 3 tomorrow afternoon. And at Foxborough, the New England Patriots uh, won on a last-second field goal to win 43-40 in a game that was full of dramatics, and the uh, Chiefs came back, but the Patriots won it at the end to defeat the previously undefeated Chiefs. But today we're going to start with um, the Red Sox as they, they evened up their series at one, and uh, it was uh, just a great night as uh, the bullpen came through again. Um, I'd say, should say most of the bullpen. Um, Matt Bonds came in um, after David Price gave four and two-thirds, and Matt Bonds came in and shut the door with two guys on and then pitched the uh, score of six. Brian Brazier did it again. He pitched the seventh, and Rick Porcello has been unbelievable this postseason. Came into the eighth and uh, and got two strikeouts, no, nobody on base, and then uh, Craig Kimbrell made it scary, but um, they, they got through, and they uh, – they won uh, to win 7-5 as Alex Bregman just missed one at the end. But um, just overall, a, a great night. Uh, first, we're going to talk about uh, David Price a little bit as he uh, – he it was a kind of up and down night. He really didn't throw a lot of bad pitches. His stat line does not look good. But um, really, four and two-thirds innings, and not, as again, his stat line didn't look good. But he gave them a chance to win. He left with the lead. Um, kudos to Alex Cora, as any manager would probably do at this point. Um, besides maybe the one they had last year, took him out at the right time and didn't just leave him in, try to get that one last out to get a, a win. Because at this point, that at this point that doesn't matter. And uh, um, good job by Cora and uh, and again putting in the right guys at the right time. Bonds is Bonds is his key setup guy. Matt, Matt Bonds is his Andrew Miller that he brings in at the key situations in the in the middle whenever whenever they come up in the middle of the game. So kudos to him. Again, my name is Mark Callen. I got Chris Lesnar and Jeff Hoke here with me. Um, that bullpen, uh, Chris, just keeps coming up big, huh? That, that's kind of coming in. That, that was a worry for a lot of people. It has turned into a uh, big-time strength. Um, and the way Alex Gore uses it, it is one of the main reasons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like you touched on with Barnes and um, – you know, Ryan Brazier's done a great job, and even Porcello coming in has done a great job. I really thought David Price really did not pitch badly last night. I thought the two-run double he did give up was just good situational hitting and a good at-bat by the Astros. <clears throat> but the two-run homer he gave up to Gonzalez was just uh, was just something he grooved. Um, well, I we, thought we he just that, did get the slider. Yeah, we call that a meatball. <laughs> meatball, <laughs> yep. Yeah, so, yeah, so without – Without that missed pitch, I mean, he, he probably would have just given up the two runs, and I really didn't think he was um, all that bad really last night. It's 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 at least something, um, Jeff, don't you think it's at least something to build on if they get to a game six, have a little bit more confidence with him going because he's the one who's going to be going next Saturday if they get if they play in a game six. So, I mean, I, I – I have confidence, and, and I have confidence in them hitting Garrett Cole again. So, so don't wouldn't that give you confidence if on Saturday they roll him out there for Game Six? Yeah, no, definitely. I've always had, I've always had a little bit of confidence in him, except when it was against the Yankees. Any other team, he usually does fine against. It. But I mean, I, I I have a little more confidence now knowing that he pitched the way he did, and like Chris said, he gave up a couple of hits, and the one the one by Springer that just dropped right on the foul line was kind of one of those situational lucky hits. And then obviously, uh, like you said, the meatball down the middle to give up for the two-run home run. But, I mean, yeah, no, he pitched a great game. Uh, overall, not for him, it was a good game. 
Um, and that pitch to Springer, yeah, as you kind of touched on, wasn't a bad pitch. He he actually jammed him, and and um, De- Springer definitely wasn't trying to hit the ball <laughs> hit the ball that way. That was it was it was you know it, I guess we can call it lucky, but it, I mean it was good to, for Springer just to get the bat on the ball as he was jammed. So no, I, I'm not. Again, you know, he got a good ovation when he left the mound. Um, you know, I, I think the Red Sox fans are smart. They know that they know that that wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible, and it was good enough to give them a chance to win. And first time, uh, first time, a David Price team has won a game, uh, a game that he started in the uh, in the postseason. So, um, you know, and, and his post game interview wasn't the same David Price that we've seen, you know, being snippy with the media and stuff. I mean, he, he was, he's very, you know, he wants to win. He doesn't care about himself winning. He wants the team to win and he could care less. He doesn't care you know, as long as, as long as the team wins. And, and they did. Uh, another person I want to touch on is, uh, you know, we touched on Bonds a little bit, but Ryan Brazier goes from uh, being a, a mile leaguer in Japan last year to being one of the key relievers in a team that's in the American League Championship Series. Boy, what a find by the Red Sox front office uh you know a team that nobody else really given a chance to i and honestly i think he has a chance to be the 2019 closer i you know on this team that's that's how that's how much i think of him. and and i i just what a uh find by the front office uh, jeff yeah no definitely i've always liked him and uh he was one of my uh top picks for who would come up big in the divisional series and he had like he had a rough st- rough start to the postseason obviously because it was his first ever postseason appearance but he's really locked it down ever since, and he has really stepped up. And like you said, I could also see him as the closer next year too if they end up not bringing back Kimbrell on the deal that they want him on. Yeah, and uh, Chris, I'm going to go to you on uh, this one about uh, Rick, Rick Porcello doing whatever it takes, uh, he, doing what a veteran would do. And, uh, you know, coming in eighth, he looks so comfortable coming in the eighth inning and, and just, just getting the job done. Um, you know, I said before the series that, you know, in the playoffs – you know, having not having really a deep bullpen where he only really trusts Brazier and Bonds isn't a big deal because he can he can use another guy. He can use Porcello or Evalde or or Price or Sale if he's better later later in the series. You know, so Porcello's really stepped into that role and you know tw- twice in this playoffs, once against the Yankees and last night. Um, what a job by him, huh, Chris? Yeah, whatever it takes. This has been the uh, formula for the Sox all year. You know, these guys they just care about winning, and Porcello just. Any way you can help the team, kind of like Sale says the same thing, you know. Put me in, coach, wherever you need me. It doesn't matter. It's, a, it's the formula they've used all year and, and the formula that, that they've been successful so far in the playoffs. Just to add to Brazier, who, who would have thought he, – he probably wasn't thinking that when he was closing at Pawtucket earlier this year that he'd be pitching in some key spots in the American League Championship Series. No, no, no that, that, definitely not. Um, you, you touched on someone that we're going to touch on next. Uh, Chris Sale, he's, uh, you know, yes, he would do whatever it takes for the team to win, but it's tough to do when he's in a hospital bed. Um, the, you know, what, what, what concerns me here is not that this is a serious thing, but how, how strong is he going to be on Thursday? I have no doubt. I'm pretty confident that he's going to pitch. How strong is he going to be? And really, this guy can't lose any more weight. I, I, I mean, I, I know I heard Tom Karen joking about that last night a little bit, but he, he kind of serious. I mean, you know, if he, if he lose 10 pounds, it's not a big deal if Ryan Brazier or, or you know, some other people lose 10 pounds, but it's a big deal if uh, Chris Sale does. So it's kind of his strength for, for a game five is a little bit of a concern, don't you think, Chris? Yeah, it absolutely is. It's, it's definitely a scary thing. And like you said, how much strength is he really going to have? And, and maybe that, I mean, like we touched on the other night, it doesn't always have to do with velocity. You can still be 
you know, a good pitcher without your top velocity, but maybe that's why he didn't have it the other night, Mark. Yeah, he he may he he may have been starting to be sick then, and I mean, yeah, you know, not just the velocity, but I mean his control, but that could be to do with him not feeling well, also. So, I mean, I don't want to make excuses. I know I know Cora wouldn't say that, and Sale wouldn't say that was the reason. I, I know that, but they don't have to. We can, and and you know, he just he wasn't himself. I mean, we saw against the Yankees that he was healthy. He was, he was throwing well, he, you know, both of his, in his stat and his relief appearance, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't look like he didn't really give up that much. He gave up the two runs on a ball that Nunez should have had, but, but, but still his control was off. Wasn't it Jeff? Game no, eight. definitely. And uh, I, I mean, if you take away, like you said, the Nunez errors, I mean, he wouldn't have given up any runs. So, I mean, it's, he had a tough game. Um, his velocity was off to start the game. He was in the 80, uh, late, late 80s, early 90s. And then you just saw his command just go quick. And it just was not a good start for him. And like you said, he can't afford to lose any more weight. He's a pretty much a stick right now as it is. Right. And let's talk about a few of the position players uh, before we get going. Then we're going to move on to the Patriots here in a few minutes. But let's go into the few of the position players. Um, third base, um, I think we all probably agree on this. That and I think I actually think Nunez will play tomorrow night. By the way, but we think definitely against right hand is the rest of the way. I would play him tomorrow night too. To be honest with you, I'd play Devers. But at least against the right hand, is Devers has got to be in there the rest of the way. He has not hurt him defensively. He's not a not that big of a downgrade from Nunez. I know Nunez made that great play at Yankee Stadium, um, but but uh, Devers made a great play last night. Two of them actually, um, outstanding plays and and with the bat. You know, they got the short dimensions there at Houston, too. And I, I just think he's a better option right now. And as I said, I do think Nunez will play tomorrow night. But after that, you got righties going until game, you know, the four, five, and six. So um, what do you think, Jeff? Don't you think Devers should be in there? No, definitely. He had a really good game yesterday, too, defensively. I mean, he made a, he made the plays that he was supposed to. He uh, got all the balls that I don't think he made one one mistake. And hitting-wise, he didn't do bad either. He had a, he had a couple of uh, key hits. Uh, he had one of the uh, brought home, uh, I believe it was Mookie Betts on a single to start the game before they tied it up, and he he he's going to be a big piece, and I think you should keep him in tomorrow as well over Nunez. I do too. I don't think he will though, because uh, I think he's going to go with what they've done. But I do think he will be in the against the righties. Hey, hey Chris, he, uh, Devers doesn't look phased. Twenty-one year old kid. He, he looks like well, he does because his face looks like he's about eighteen. But um, <laughs> but the way he plays, he doesn't look phased at all, right? No, not not bothered by the spotlight at all. And, and my argument would be, you know, in his in his short career so far, he's had some of the biggest hits off lefties. So it's not like he can't hit lefties. I mean, he took Chapman deep last year in New York to win a game. So it's not like he can't hit some of the tougher lefties. No, I agree. And I we'll see what happens. We'll see what the lineup comes out early tomorrow afternoon. A um, couple more people. Uh, Mookie Betts it seems like he's starting to turn around. I think he's about ready to get on fire, and that's going to be that's going to be really a spark to this team. I mean, the way he was hitting there at the end of the game, he, he got his biggest postseason hit when they added insurance runs there in the uh, what was it, the bottom of the eighth inning, I think it was when yeah. he, when, he, when he knocked that double to right center. That that was probably his biggest postseason hit to date, and just him going to the opposite field, kind of going up the middle like that. I think he's about ready to get on fire, fire, Chris. Yeah, and I think um, to add to that too, Mark, I think if these guys, Betts and Martinez, they both need to hit in Houston. They are the definite keys to the three games in Houston. If they do not hit, the Sox are not going to win those yeah, games. They, I, I, do, I do think that. And as I said, I think I think Mookie Betts just 
just the way he was starting to hit last night is a is about ready to go on a tear. You know, um, and what, what did you what do you think about um, Wookie going forward, Jeff? I really like it. I think he's about to uh, catch fire as well, and that's what that's what we've been looking for. We put him in the front. We put he's in the leadoff spot because of it. And like you said during the Yankee series, if he can get going, the rest of the team can get going, and you're going to see the offense really start turning then. Yeah. Um, one last guy I want to touch on on the position players there. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr., what a big hit. That was the biggest hit of last night's game. Um, you know, it was a little fly ball left field turned into a three-run double. Um, you know, he, he came up big. And if, if, if and really the whole bottom of the order did did okay. You know, overall, it, when, they, when they start hitting like that, that helps Mookie because Mookie's got people on base and, you know, you get the whole whole lineup hitting there. Um, what, a jo- what a job there by Jackie, Jackie Bradley coming up big, Chris. Crystal Willis? I don't know. Jeff, what do you think about Jackie Bradley Jr.? <laughs> I, I think he played terrific last night. I mean, yeah, he had one of his biggest postseason hits to date yesterday. And uh, what it looked like it was just going to be a fly ball. It dropped down and rolled rolled on the uh, foam. And it ended up being three runs, which was ended up being the winner. Yeah. And uh, Chris, you back with us? Yeah, I'm back with you. I'll just say, I know you were talking about Jackie Bradley Jr., um, yeah, biggest biggest hit obviously of the postseason for him. Not bad for a guy that was batting like 150 coming into the last night's game. No, no, he, you know, as I said, if the bottom of the order can give him anything, that's just a big spark for the the uh, top of the order. Um, one last thing I want to say, uh, I think it was a good move by Cora last night putting in Vasquez. I know, uh, I know, in the past, you know, Price has been more comfortable with uh, Leon, but uh, you know, I think I I think Vasquez. I, I think overall, I mean, defensively, obviously, Leon's a touch better, but not a lot. Um, I know the pitchers are more comfortable with Sandy Leon, but I think at this point, the way Vasquez is playing defensively, and he gives him a little bit more spark offensively. He's not great, but he's, he's better than Leon. I, I, I don't know if he will be, but I think he should maybe be in the rest of the series. series and let's see if he is, huh, Chris? Yes, I would agree with you on that one. Vasquez is definitely the guy they should go with for the rest of the series. I I do think the pitchers are more comfortable with Sandy Leone, but I think offensively Vasquez definitely definitely has the edge there. Right, and Jeff, they they, they kind of have to be at this point they have to be comfortable with anybody anyway because they don't know when they're going to come in the game. I mean, you have yeah, last night you have Pussell and Vivaldi sitting out in the bullpen. Uh, I'm sure tomorrow we're going to have David. They're going to have David Price sitting in the bullpen. Would have Chris Sale if he was. A little bit healthier. It wasn't sick, so they're gonna have they're gonna have the starters. They're gonna have that option. The starters in the bullpen, um, so they kind of have to be comfortable throwing to any catcher anyway. So they kind of just may, maybe have to just go with this and go with a better guy, don't you think, Jeff? Yeah, we saw that towards the end of the season. Uh, Cora was kind of trying to get trying to switch up the catcher assignments a little bit to get them comfortable. And really, like you said, you really got to go with the hot hand too. I mean, uh, Vasquez isn't hitting much better, but he is hitting. Uh, as opposed to Leon, but Leon defensively is so much better. So, it, yeah, it depends on what the situation is, but yeah, you really got to go with who who is best for the job for that day. Okay, that's going to wrap up our Red Sox talk. We're going to transition right into uh, some Patriots talk because it wasn't just a, a one sport night last night. There was about ninety thousand people at, <laughs> at sporting events around uh, around the area, Fenway Park and Gillette Stadium, and and both got a, got a treat. And at Foxborough, um, 
what a shootout. We, we talked about this last week a little bit. It was going to be a shootout and make him make him down to the uh, last team to have the ball. Usually that doesn't live up to what we talk about, but it did last night. And Chris, that was just a, just a old fashioned shootout. I, I, maybe not old fashioned. This kind of a new, the new style of football. It's like arena, arena league. They just, it's more about offense, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and there was up and down all night, up and down the field. Both teams went. I really thought the key to the game was, was the way the Patriots did hold the Chiefs to field goal attempts instead of touchdowns. There was some times that the Patriots also got held to field goals. But overall, I, I think that the, the two interceptions the Patriots got and the fact they held the Chiefs to three first, first uh, half field goals really made the difference in the game. Yeah. What do you think, Jeff? What was the, what's the difference in the game? Uh, the, I, I mean, the Patriots' defense played a lot better than I expected them to in the first half, and then obviously they fell apart in the second half. But like Chris said, holding the Chiefs to the field goals in the first half was a huge part of getting the Patriots on the right track. Because after that happened, I mean, you basically – Tom Brady just went down the field and just kept scoring, kept scoring before half. It was 24-9. to nine. By the end of the game, obviously, it was, it was much, much closer than we, what we were expecting. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I'm going to ask you this because you were at the uh... – game against the Colts and obviously watched uh, the game last night. Do you think what's happening here in the second half? Because in the old days it was, uh, you know, the Patriots are great at adjustments and stuff, and it seems like the Patriots' defense, are they getting tired in the second half? I mean, that's the second week in a row they're giving up a lot of points in the second half. And This week obviously to a much better team than the previous week, but do you think they're getting tired or what's happening in the second half? Whoops. You still there? Okay, Jeff, I'll go to you. <laughs> I would I would have to say the biggest thing uh, second half wise I, I think they're getting tired and I kind of think they're giving up a little bit in the second half. They had a twenty four to nine lead um, coverage wise. They did not do well at all. Uh, you saw Tyreek Hill go for over a hundred yards by the end of the game. Had a few big touchdowns and it's just he the defense just has to be able to play a full sixty minutes and not just the first half. Right. And, uh, yeah, and they, they kind of, you know, again, the second week in a row, they kind of let the, uh, you know, the team, gotta give the other team a little bit of credit, but they, you know, they got right back in the game quickly there in the, in the second half. Um, you know, let's talk about the performance, uh, clutch again from, uh, Tom Brady and huh, Jeff. No, definitely. And he, he really carried on the second half. Uh, I believe he had 186 yards in the second half. Uh, alone, and that's his second best compared to Super Bowl 51, where he had 196 yards. Um, he really carried that team on his back and was able to uh, come up in the clutch once again because of the fact that Andy Reid and the Chiefs left him a little too much time to get down the field. Yeah, and now uh, going forward, they're going to play a much better defense, probably the be- maybe the best in the league, don't you think? Next week, uh, the Bears, do you think the Bears have the best defense in the league? And it's going to be a much different challenge, huh? Yeah, no, definitely, and especially the fact that it's in Chicago. Obviously, uh, something was exposed this yesterday with the Bears' defense as they lost to the uh, Miami Dolphins. But I mean, yeah, no, it's definitely going to be one of the biggest tests to date. And you got you got to look out for Cleo Mack. Mostly, he's he's going to be a threat off that edge. And I'm so back that, too, Mark. By the way. Oh, hey, Chris, how you doing? Um, uh, <laughs> we're just talking about uh, before that. We were just talking about. The last two games, and I said you were there against the Colts and you watched last night's game. Um, you know, again, they used to be great at second-half adjustments. It seems like the defense has been much worse in the second half of the last two weeks. Do you think they're getting tired, or, or uh, what's going on with the defense in the second half of these games? 
I just think that teams are making adjustments on them at halftime. That's honestly what I see. Um, I think the Chiefs, you know, they have one of the best coaches in the league in Andy Reid, and I think he saw a lot of things that were left out there after the first half, and he made the adjustment. And really, I mean, I thought – I heard Jeff say, you know, they left too much time. Yeah, when, when Tariq Hill scored that long touchdown to tie it at 40, I was 3.15 left on the clock. I was like, that's way too much time. But I also said, don't give the ball back to the Chiefs. <laughs> So I'm glad they went down and, and took all the time they needed to uh, get in position. Again, Gronk had a big catch on that last drive. He had a 39-yard catch to set him up at the nine-yard. That was also the 500th career reception for Gronkowski. Only the 15th, only the 15th tight end ever to uh, get 500 receptions. And that more. was really where uh, Gronk really wake, woke up too, because before that he, had, he didn't really have anything at all. So he really came up big when he was needed. And also, yeah, absolutely. And 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 the rookie, um, Sony Michelle, also had over 100 yards. He's he's had 100 yards in two out of his last three games. So he's really starting to find his group. I, I, as well. I do want to ask a question though, really quick. Do do we think that the Patriots have found a viable running back for the future? Yeah, Sony Michelle. Yes. Yeah. That I mean. Yeah, if, definitely. Definitely. You haven't had one since Corey Dillon, and this could be the no. guy that is your franchise running back for years to come. You saw that. You saw that last night. I mean, Kansas City's defense is not that good, but, I mean, you saw the holes at the off. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, so that's, that's a good sign for the future. You, as the season gets later, you need, you need uh, that kind of running back, really, to kind of pound things in, in the cold weather. So it's, that's good that they seem to have them. Now, uh, going to go with you, Jeff, here. Uh, do you uh, think – it's probably no, no coincidence that the offense has stepped up the last two weeks and Julian Edelman's back, huh? Yeah, no, definitely. We all we all said that uh, he's a corner piece of this offense and Brady's trusted target. And once he came back, everything was going to open up. Hogan would move back to wide receiver two. You have Gordon fully healthy now. We played 86% of the snaps last night. You know, had 40, 42 yards. It's really opening up the offense, opening up the holes for Sony Michelle, getting people open. And now that you have that, you know, the offense is starting to look deadly again. You're starting to uh, give the defense more of a leeway in a way of you can work with. And I'm back again. <laughs> and uh, we were just talking about Julian Edelman and that how it's not, not really much of a coincidence that the offense is starting to step up when he, he returned. How the last two weeks they've looked like a different offense. Yeah, they're definitely different with him out there. It opens up a lot more options in the passing game. And the running game, I mean, all I heard about yesterday was the fact that how bad New England's defense was. Let me tell you what, Kansas City isn't going anywhere with that defense. Nope. And, uh, yeah, they, 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 it's really – it kind of just shows what age we're in in football. Um, in the old days, you wouldn't have defenses like the Chiefs and Patriots be top contenders to get to the Super Bowl. And really, those two teams are. And and it's just, it's just a different kind of football now, don't you think, that, you know – you don't really have to have a dominant defense. I mean, you look at the top teams, there's not a lot that have top, uh, top defenses. So kind of just a change the way the football football is now, huh, guys? Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. It's definitely a change now. The, the, the game is definitely more offensive than, than ever before. I, I remember the old days of a lot of 13 to 10, 10, 7 type games. And now where you look around the league and, you know, we got a lot of 35, 31s or, 41-31s, or last night 43-40. to 40. I mean, you look around the league. 
the way the game's gone yeah. now. Some of that might be too. I mean, it's just the way the game is played. But some of that might be that, I mean, you, you know, the defensive guys can't hit like they used to either. They're afraid to, afraid to. Uh, I, I, I didn't see this play, but on the Tom Brady run, the the guy that he scored a touchdown on, didn't the guy just like stop? I heard. Well, the th- the thing is with that, and yes, he did because he was afraid that uh, he was going to get roughly the passer. The thing is, Brady faked the ball, and I think uh, Greenland Speaks thought that he threw the ball, so he kind of let let up on him to the point because he didn't want to get roughly the passer, and that let Brady get open up and run his Clydesdale to. Uh, to the end zone. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he definitely thought that Brady had already released the ball, so he let go of him, and then. They showed it from the reverse angle, and when Brady went in the end zone, you should have seen the look on on Speaks' yeah. face when he realized that Brady got in the yeah. end zone. Yeah, because I, I I didn't see the play, but I heard Tom Brady this morning on uh, his uh, weekly radio show on WEI, and he, he said, "Well, he should hit me when he gets he has a chance." And and that, that, that's all, all Brady <laughs> Brady said said about it. But um, so great win for them. Um, let's talk about what they got going forward. We'll do an NFL week uh, the whole league preview later in the week. But uh, as I was talking to Jeff uh, when you were gone there. Chris, a whole different challenge with the Bears defense. Um, you know, maybe Jacksonville, but I don't know if they faced a defense like the like the Bears uh, this year. No, I don't believe they have either. I mean, other than Jacksonville, but you've seen what's happened to Jacksonville <laughs> the last couple of weeks. They've been absolutely shredded. I mean, forty to seven against the Cowboys. That's embarrassing. But yeah, just to go back on the Bears Patriots thing, um, I just I don't know. I just feel the the offense right now for the Patriots. Um, just clicking on all cylinders. I don't think they're going to have a problem winning in Chicago. Now. Honestly, I don't think the Bears' offense has enough to beat Pats. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And I mean, uh, even if the defense does do well, uh, Trubisky and the offense ha- haven't been doing much either lately. So I mean, yes, they put up twenty eight points yesterday, but they barely put up twenty eight points. They barely beat the they barely they didn't even beat the yeah. Miami Dolphins. Well, so. Yeah, and I had somebody I had somebody smack talking me already about how his team, the Bears, were gonna lay the smack down on the Pats next week, and that was before Chicago lost yesterday. I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, worry about Miami before you worry about. So New true, so true, and I mean, I know was that game at Miami yesterday? Yeah, so it's it was a little bit, little bit tougher, and you know, Patriots sometimes have trouble when they go there too. But but I I think the problem with the Bears is I, I think the. Even, even if the Bears slow down the Patriots, they're going to get 24, 28 points even on a, you know, even if they slow them down. And it might be tough for the Bears to get that against the Patriots because they'll bend, but they might not break against the, the Bears' offense, you know. And so I think they should be all set there as well. And we'll see. We'll see when I make my pick. But um, <laughs> but I, I think they'll be okay. But um, overall, any other things you guys want to say on that, that Patriots game? I, I do want yeah. to say you want to go ahead, first, Jeff. Chris? Okay. Go ahead, uh, Jeff. So I, I, this was kind of, I was look, looking on Facebook yesterday. Today kind of reminded me of uh, the 2013 season. Uh, a couple of days ago was the anniversary of uh, David Ortiz's Grand Slam um, during the ALCS. And it kind of reminded me because that same day, the Patriots won on a game-winning uh, touchdown against the Saints uh, on a Sunday. And it kind of brought back memories of that and what possibly could could be coming for the Red Sox here in the next. Can I say one so. more thing about that? The uh, that was actually a game two, I believe, and Max Scherzer 
actually shut them down for he was pitching for the Tigers, shut them down for six innings. They had nothing going, looked like they're going to lose, and that and they they lost the first game of that series too. So it kind of a similar situation yeah. where they, you know, I mean Cole wasn't no Max Scherzer last night. He wasn't, but that's for sure. But they they kind of you know won game two, and they it, it was a lot of similarities. And you said the Patriots won that same that, that afternoon, right? They won. Uh, yeah, no, they they beat. They beat the uh, Saints on uh, Campbell Tompkins touchdown in the final seconds of the yeah, game. Yeah, so a lot of similarities. That's a, that's a great, great, uh, great point, Jeff. Uh, anything you want to say, uh, Chris? Yeah, just to add to that game-winning touchdown by Tompkins that uh, Jeff had in his memory bank. There, uh, that was the whole. Uh, what was it? Uh, rainbow, rainbow show ponies. Where's the beef? Something like that. Well, that leaves Chris speechless. Yeah, <laughs> that leaves leaves Chris speechless on that one. But um, no, so that's that a great great point. I actually I heard that too, and uh, you know, kind of a lot of similarities. It's kind of weird how that those things happen happen in sports where you go things. Uh, you know, what? I was back. Oh, hi, Chris. He's back. Uh, Chris might be He's Chris gone. might be having He's Chris gone. might be having problems with his connection, but I think you were saying something about somebody's <laughs> defense stinking. It might be the Chargers back then, but uh, or the Saints. I mean, who they play? The, yeah, the Saints, no. right? Yeah, so they played the Saints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, it was week. It was actually right around right around, around week four, week yeah, five so. of that season because the Patriots started out four and zero. Okay. Then they lost to the Broncos in the AFC Championship okay, game. Well, we're going to wrap it up unless Chris is back and wants to, wants to <laughs> say something uh, before we sign off here. But um, I want to thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Chris. Uh, and, again, what a what a day in Boston sports. Hopefully we have more of this. I do want to point out um, with the Celtics opening up tomorrow, this will be the first time that all five teams are active either in regular season or postseason, and including the Revolution in this, the, the Red Sox, Celtics, Bruins, Patriots, and Revolution are all active. I think this is the second time ever that they've been both active, yeah, active wow. at the same time. Obviously, it's been tougher in the past because this is the earliest the Celtics have started. Usually, it's, they start around Halloween, so it's tough, tough, tough yeah. to do. But um, this is uh, so great time for Boston sports. Obviously, I'm not a much of a Re- Revolution fan and don't follow hockey much, but it's just great all, overall. There's, there's something out there for everybody, and if you like them all, what a time it is, you know, to be a to be a Boston uh, sports fan and. Uh, just, be like be like me and have uh, two or three TVs. That's going right. On. I'm sure you did last and night. Get, sure get, last night right? I had yeah, I had the Red Sox game on one and the Patriots on the other. Yeah, so. and, uh, it was a fun night. And you'll have more of those. Uh, at least the uh, at least the uh, Sox game might get over before the Celtics tomorrow night, as uh, the Celtics don't start till eight o'clock. Jeff, I mean uh, Chris, anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, did you get my last comment on the on the Ben don't break mentality of no, the defense? No, we we heard we heard defense sucks. Yeah. Well, it. well, I was just gonna say that we <laughs> we've heard of how bad the Patriots defense is so far this year. That's all I've heard from non-Patriots fans, especially even Patriots fans actually. Um, but you you've got to remember in previous years we've we've gone to the Super Bowl with uh, with defenses that have been um, maybe just as bad. So it's a bend-don't-break mentality, I think. Um, obviously, just keep working on it, and, and they definitely have the offense to get there. Definitely. Um, and, again, just saying before you came back, great time uh, in Boston sports. All five teams, including the Revolution, including them, uh, are in uh, – either regular season or postseason action at the same time on the second time in history and just an unbelievable time to be a Boston sports fan. And, and yesterday was one of the uh, better nights, uh, 
you know, we've had a few of those in, in, in our time, but one of the better nights you can have is, uh, you know, the Red Sox winning a postseason game and the uh, Patriots knocking off undefeated team on a last-second field goal. So it doesn't get much better than this, folks, and uh, let's, let's not take it for granted, granted and uh, enjoy every minute of it. Right, guys? Revolution. What's Definitely. that? <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> don't, don't, don't forget the lacrosse, too. you got the cannons going on. Yeah, you got the lacrosse See, I, cannons. I honestly did not know that. That that's that's a good tidbit, Jeff. Because I, I, you know, you know, I do, I do have to say though that uh, I don't know, five, six years ago, I went to an exhibition match at Gillette Stadium um, that pitted an MLS team, the New England Revolution, against um, Manchester United. Came in, so and Rooney, Rooney, who's a big, big, well-known soccer soccer uh, icon, um, was playing for Manchester United. So that was that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, they, they they probably got a big decent crowd for that too, right? Yeah, oh yeah, Beckham. Yeah, Beckham was. Uh, I think Beckham was playing for Man Man U too at the time. Yeah. No, that's. Yeah. A, I mean, honestly, we talk about all the other sports because that's what we like and that's what's popular here. But around around the world, soccer's soccer's most popular sport. So you know. No, there like, was no, there was sixty thousand people there for an exhibition yeah. game. Yeah, you know, you know that's, that's, it's good stuff. And I mean, as I said, that's not my uh, top sport, but it is for many, many people I know. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. But hopefully uh, everybody enjoys this. And uh, again, we'll Celtics, um, check out our Celtics preview. We posted that this morning and um, they start tomorrow night. The Bruins are in regular season action. They're, they're playing well, too. We'll do more on them here, here in the next week or so. We'll do another podcast for them. But overall, a great night. I want to thank you both for joining Joining us, uh, Jeff Holt, Chris Lester, and Mark Kalman. And uh, thank you, guys. Thanks. See ya.